Hey, welcome to Guitar Knobs, the guitars, gear, noise, and nonsense podcast hosted today by these knobs. Fisher. Jay Donovan. Cook. Me, Todd Novak. Hello. That reminded me of the, of the Seinfeld moment. Hello. La, la, la. You know. Okay. You know, yeah. yeah. And we're off. Bet when they say hello with their bellies. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I just got to say, I, I hope everybody else enjoys this as, this as much, but I was in the car listening to, uh, gosh, I can't remember which episode it was. I, um, it might have been the Relics, uh, Relic versus Road One. When we, we were, we were you listen up to on, our own podcast? Maybe no, yeah. We were ganging up on you. That's pretty much everyone. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's that every is everyone. But I again. found myself just like crying in the car because I remembered how funny it was being here. Ah, it was great. And I'm sure people looked at me and thought, "There's a strange fellow." Hey, we are super stoked you are listening to us right now. Um. And uh, Stoked is kind of giving me away, I guess, from my West Coast roots. I don't know. Is Stoked in Ohio? No, dude. I, I've always used mean? Stoked. You have used it's Stoked? It's a great word. Yeah. Well, that's great. Okay, it. good. So it's not just coastal. No. I've never heard you guys say it, though. I'm going to start saying it from now on. I wonder who else on. in the world says that. Stoked about being Stoked. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I can see you using yeah. that word more often. I'm Stoked. <laughs> you have to say it like that, right? If you say- now where, you where, now you're mocking. Where is this dojo? Where's where's the dojo? That's like California. That's my, yeah, my every, California voice in my everybody mind. Everybody does like, karate in California. Where's my dojo? <laughs> Wait a minute. That that everybody does karate in California. Yeah, that's hilarious. I think more people do it out here, to be honest. But anyways, hey, um, hey, we got to say, benvenuti. That's, that's nice. My, that's my Italian. <laughs> so our, to our, our one new Italian man. <laughs> our one Italian. No, there's a bunch of them, man. Well, they all just um, unsubscribe. It's showing me on my geography on on Podbean.com. Well, you just offended all of them. So yeah, no, they probably are like thinking like, hey, that's a good effort, man. I see. Notice I didn't try to do that. You were about to. Yeah, you were be, starting to. Yeah. Was, <laughs> my brain wanted to, but. The other, well, part of my brain wanted to. The other part was like that edits thing, like put down the magazine and <laughs> shut that down. <laughs> Anyways, um, okay, hey, let's magazine? talk about what magazine. is new in our music world today, Jay. What is new in the music world today? And I'm going to defer to Jeff. What? Why? Uh, yeah, because you got nothing, right? No, I got something. But then it's we really, should it's go. So important. Oh, it's got to be the last. Why are you? Oh yeah, Jay's a sweater. You know how it's cold it is in this? Dude, it's, it's, it's 95 in here. Well, it's warm now, but like this afternoon, it's like 60 degrees in this place. It's freezing oh, in here. What? <laughs> you are the oldest lady I've ever heard. It's possible. On that okay. note, I'll, we'll switch back right, to me. Yeah, go All back right. to I'm you. Gonna so go. I'm going to go. I have, no, no, you can't. You can't just take it and give I'm it. I'm taking it back. Okay. All right. So the latest thing I've been working on is fiddling with my Pierre Joseph's... Uh, Upright, <laughs> upright, bass pickup. <laughs> Fiddling with my Pierre Joseph. Is like, <laughs> Wait, I didn't even think about it. Yeah. What are we not even? I know. Fiddling with my Pierre Josephs. That's a good one. I gotta. Oh, that's, that's one a for the ages. Day. That's, anyways, that's another thing. Okay. Um, 
so let me let me explain. Pierre Josephs is a pickup maker for uh, upright basses. Okay. And so I've been it's the upright bass podcast again. Right. Well, it's electrified. Yeah. Right. So and it is a viol, right? All right. Like, I think it is like a guitar, right? Aren't guitars viols? Yeah, but you're, let's let's clarify. You are using an upright bass, not for classical music. Right. I'm the suckiest. You're, like, you're doing it for rock. Yeah, like rockabilly. Okay. Just clarifying so that people aren't yeah. like, what are what what what? what the, people in Italy turning us off. Do you have your slap technique down on upright? I'm. I can do it for a little while. Yeah, it's I, hard. I, I don't have the strength. I, I don't have the. I mean, make that hand you know, motion. You slap it. your pre Joseph. Is that <laughs> yeah. Wow. Well, no, that's good. That's well played. Yeah. Um. <laughs> anyway, anyway, the point was, uh, it has a magnetic, it has a, a magnetic piece, and then it has the piezo piece, right? That they're connected. And I've been moving. The latest thing I've been doing is moving around a little. Well, is it piezo or piezo? Uh, piezo, I think. I think it's Are you piezo. Italian or? Yeah. We should. Yeah, we should ask. <laughs> Am I saying it right? Um, um, Dear Italian it, listeners, it has two pieces, right? Because when I first got oh. it, it makes it made the it didn't feed back at all because it only had the electromagnetic, up you know, pickup. It sounded made it sound you lost all the wood, right? Mm-hmm. But it never fed back when you were trying to play really loud volume. That was so it was good and bad. So he he issued a uh, you could send it back in. And for like an extra 15 bucks, he'd add this other little element to hmm. it that would pick up a lot more of the wood and you connect it to the bridge. So it's got the two pieces now. So it's got a, <clears throat> it's got an electromagnetic piece. It goes right under the strings, directly under the fret at the end of the... the okay. And it has the... Piezo. 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 <laughs> hey! No. <clears throat> what? <laughs> um, d- now, is there any... Uh, is, do you ever mic like the f hole or, or at all, or I don't because that's where all the that's all the feedback problems. I've tried it before. Okay. I've done the one where you wrap it in like a towel and lay it down in the you know that's the thing underneath the down down by the the peg. I've, I've tried a bunch of different things. It was always a disaster. Okay, so so I got this pickup because it doesn't feedback, and but then it was like so not feedback, it lost all the clear, you know, you, you just didn't have the great, greatest sound. So mm-hmm. he added this little piece. So the whole point of this like long way of explaining this is I've been moving around that little piezo piece, which I, I normally had it stuck in one place. Mm-hmm. I thought I found a good sound. I wanted to mess around with it, and I've been moving it around. And it's, it's interesting when I, you know, the, 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 the bridge, it's big, right? It's pretty big, and it's been super glued, so it bends a lot, right? This guy has a secret. The guy at the loft violin shop, mm-hmm. um, um, Sid, who, you know, R.I.P. He's no longer around, um, ah. but his he can do he could do wonders with super glue, right? He would he super glued the whole base, like I said, in an mm-hmm. old one, but he would super glue the, the bridge so that the tension wouldn't bend it. So anyway, I've been moving it around on that, and uh, I noticed it just—it does change the sound quite a bit when I go to the end, when I go to the back, when I go to the, wherever mm-hmm. I moved it around. I kind of had it a little bit right in the middle, slightly back toward the bass body, um, mm-hmm. and that's all I've been working on. So that was a really long way to say I moved a little <laughs> pickup element around. So <laughs> excellent. 
I find this fascinating because I uh, have owned upright bases and have used pickups. Uh, but I was cheap. I used uh, Fishman. Mm. I, I, what What was your... Uh, Are those cheap? Fishman? The, uh, the one I got was like... What are we considering cheap, by the way? Because, I mean, I, I don't know about you, Jeff, the other person in the room who doesn't have an upright base. Um, <clears throat> I have no idea what an upright base... Uh, pick up cost these days. I don't even remember because I mean, really, I I was using that thing back in like '99 to 2002. Yeah. So I don't remember what I paid for it. Uh, you know, but, there there are the ones. Some of them you have to have integrated into. You know, you have to have a builder like put them into it, so there can be extra cost. Mm. Let's look it up here. You know. Yeah, minister of information. The, the realist. Oh, our TV is off, so. Uh, I would imagine they range in price. Two nineteen for realist. I've I've seen that one um, transducer before. Spend as much as you want. And uh, what's the really good one? You asked me too fast. Um, I mean, Underwood has some. They were kind of had some more of the cheaper ones, as I recall. They didn't ha have the best. I had a Barkus Berry for a while. Um, not so good. It, it was easy to install because it had little screws. You could just screw it on. To you didn't have to integrate it mm. with the bridge or anything like that. But uh, let me look here. Yeah, I was, never, really I, I was never a fan of the Fishman that I had. Uh, it was always, it was like, it was all wood. It was no base whatsoever. Mm. Yeah. That was my issue with So it just, it just picked up the finger movement and uh, stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. Mm. yeah. It was gross. K yeah. and K, that's the other one I remember getting pretty good reviews. Was it because you didn't have it in the right position? Well, there weren't a whole lot of positions you could place that thing. So it had, I don't even know what they were, but they're little clamps that fit in between the strings that went around the front edge of the bridge. So there was one that sat between the E and A string, and there was uh, okay. another one that sat between the D and G string. But yeah. The string charger, by the way, is the one I have. The Pierre Joseph string charger. I forgot to mention. Hmm. That's the. Uh, what does something like that cost? When I bought it, I think I paid. I think I paid a hundred bucks for it. But that, that That's was pretty good. That was like fifteen years ago or whatever. And then I paid. Maybe it was thirty-five bucks, not fifteen, for the extra piece. Hmm. But this has been a long time. Let's see what he's got here. I'm looking at it. Just. Hey Jeff, make yourself useful. Turn the TV on. Mm. Two eighty nine, two eighty nine for the work. string charger, and then the bridge charger is fifty nine. That's that little, the, little, the bridge charger is the extra. That's so a lot of money. Prices have gone up a little bit. It's excellent. But I mean, I guess it's a, short of that. If you don't have something like that, you do what to amplify your bass on stage? <laughs> Nothing. A mic or yeah, you gotta have something. But or, yeah, but most of the time, if you're an, if you're doing an upright for a rock gig, or I mean, it's typically like a like a rockabilly or maybe a sky yeah no yeah. some some guys there's a guy who plays in a band around here um yeah called the flying saucers Fly, i'm sorry the flying saucers right there's no g um and i've seen him run two two amps like two pickups and two amps one to get all the like slap tone right. and then one to get the low um it's a good idea and they're really good and he yeah i've seen that that setup before hmm. yeah so crazy man riveting stuff thanks bro yeah bro. 
<laughs> what was that? I don't yeah. Yeah. Jeff, Good. what do you got, man? Uh, mine's going to be even less riveting. So You guys are... And I'm going off topic. What? And... <laughs> okay, do it. Hit us. All right. All right. So you got it like a new recipe you've been the trying at home? <laughs> like, no, no. Okay. Okay. Uh, so my son plays drums. Oh, so yeah. Going into a little bit of the world of drums, sound absorption world here. But I have the room with, you know, treatment and all that good stuff. These drums were not in that room. And they were just sitting out in the, the big living room area. In the right basement. outside said right room. Right outside the said room. Mm-hmm. And it was always so freaking loud and reverberant and like he would play drums and I'd walk down and I had to walk away because it was just so ear piercing, nasty sounding. And like we would play together. I bring out the amp into that room and we try to play together. It was just like, ah, it's all messy and nasty sounding. And he always complains like, why don't we move the drums into the other room? Like, cause there's not enough space in there and all this kind of stuff. So it finally broke down the other night and like, let's just move them in there. So we put him in the room, and it was just like, I, I don't know why I was amazed, because I knew what was going to happen, but I was amazed. <laughs> it's like, it sounds so much better. Like, I can sit in this room, and you can play drums, and it sounds great. And I can play guitar right along with you, and it meshes really well. And it was like... Was that in your basement? Yeah. And you can, get, a, you can get one of those plexi shields, too, huh? Or, yeah. or at least some sort well, of standing you could. baffle. That's a baffling, like blocking sound from players thing versus absorption. Well, you're a player. Yeah, but it's still going to sound like player. horrible hell in that you're room. You're a player. Dun, dun, dun. No, wait a minute. So I'm trying to. I've seen your basement. There's the the smaller. There's like a living room area, right? Yeah. And so then there's there. the room where you jammed, right? Yeah, which is tinier, which so you where, jammed in. Which one did you put the drums the in? The tiny one. And then you were in the larger living room. No, we all went into the tiny room together. <laughs> Wait, I'm confused. So you used to be all out that in the main room. That was pretty clear. I'm, I'm not really sure where you're getting lost on that one. Drums used to be in big room. Everything else was in tiny room. Okay. Now drums have migrated into tiny room, so everything is now in tiny room. If the so drums leave the station at 7 a.m. <laughs> and this tiny room has four apples. So basically... Like you would expect everything to be in one room together is how yes, now it is. everything is in one now. room together. Okay, yes. <laughs> all right, as, and that as works. Not before. <laughs> it was more just the, okay. The, okay, uh, I was just checking to make sure. Going from a, a basically like a living in a cave sound to like a more refined studio. What's wrong with cave sound? Man? So cool, man. That was That's cool. It was good. That's good. That's it. These are good things, Aaron. Um, there's been a couple things going on. Uh, Jeff and I have been talking about just kind of dovetailing nicely out of his conversation. Oh yeah. Uh, Some, uh, ideas for sound dampening panels and building them. Um, so you're going to build them this weekend, right? Uh, probably not. So I, yeah, the, the big Uh, news boxes, right? Yeah. The big news is I bought a router and a biscuit joiner this past weekend. So (laughs) Um, I, I, I had the tools now to kind of help joinery tools to, to really start building some nice stuff. I've had like all the other kinds of saws and stuff like that. So now, um, I, I got his plans on what he used to build his. So I might start replicating that to start getting some of the, uh, sound under control in my, uh, basement space. Are these going to be standing or are you going to hang them? Uh, I haven't gotten that far yet, but um, 
the plans, so, the, the general plans are in place. So if anybody wants any, put in your order now for for him to build you some. Doing like a mass industrial line. I don't have the space for that. Uh, we can make like you know fifty or sixty at a time. <laughs> what? Yeah. Okay. Um, you can never have enough of them. Yeah. So. 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 I was going to breeze through that pretty quickly because there's another thing that I've oh, been... Oh, yeah, that's right. Lay it on us, bro. Um, yeah, this... And stop I, saying bro. Yeah, you're really... Sorry. I don't know where... Potassium bromide. Very, very bohemian today. <laughs> James Brolin. Oh, man. Um, so I've been kind of kicking around this uh, idea that stemmed out of a curiosity about getting a better microphone and even instrument sound in recordings so i've been looking at uh art uh tube or what do they call that the uh of course i'm on the spot now blank blank yeah blank <laughs> that blank. totally works blank yes the the tube mp um there they, there's a couple different models but so i've been kind of researching those a little bit just to been under just I, i'm curious if that would just, just a preamp it's a preamp. Okay. Uh, can also kind of serve as uh, a DI uh, as well. Uh, just depends on uh, which of the models uh, you 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 select. Which one? Because one has this cool little. I want the one with the actual LED or the yeah the, the needle needle. I want that one. The analog needle. Yeah. Just to see how much. Okay, and is so happening. So enlighten I, us. What is that going to do for you? Or? Well, that that's just the thing. I don't know because they're tube. I'm wondering if there's if it adds just a little natural warmth to the signal. So one of the ideas I've been kicking around is actually getting one of these units and then splurging on a, a nice tube, and hopefully a, a nice that nice tube will add a little something. You mean getting one of these units, then yeah. getting a Better tube for the for unit. For the unit. But not knowing what this is actually going to do? Right. So that's, I've just been doing a lot so of like research. Like a little A-B test thing? Maybe. Mm. But. What it, tube is in there? You know? I, I, I don't know. They're default tube. Default tube? <laughs> you that heard French? Of them? You heard of them? I just, <laughs> they fall. Depending on what it is, I might have a couple laying around you could try, unless you've already researched which one. You no, absolutely try. not. I mean, again, it's like I'm trying to figure out if if it's even worth pursuing. Uh, I thought you already bought it. No, I didn't buy it. But I, when are you going to buy it? Tomorrow? By this weekend? You're going to buy it this weekend? Build those panels? <laughs> and then buy that this weekend. No, yeah. I don't know. Should I? I'll just do it, and then I can report back on it. And see if there's <laughs> and sell it to one of us. Well, yeah, may, maybe, maybe. So, is something like that predominantly just for your studio use, like a um, home studio use? Yeah, I mean, I, I've usually it's for uh, vocals, but I, I've read a lot of stuff where people use it as their DI for their guitar or bass. Oh. And I'm kind of curious if that does anything. Um, I'm curious as well to those signals. So like, that's why I'm hoping like people actually listen to this particular podcast so they can chime in if they've had any experience with that mm. and share what their experience with is. that, with, with the particular piece of equipment or just, just the whole idea of using a tube preamp 
feeding into an audio interface for digital recording. Hmm. Well, there's a lot. That's a pretty broad, uh, yeah, broad statement as well. I want to say I, I don't remember if I'm hallucinating or not, <laughs> but I've seen someone actually play without an amp with one of those live. Well, the Sans amp, right? Yeah, but it was a two. It was like this one. It was like there's this, some like microamp type things that you this can Mesa get away with. one I'm looking at oh, yeah. V twin. It was one of those. I yeah, can't. no, that's legit. That yeah, that uh, the yeah. the V twin tube. It's all just pedal. preamps. I mean, yeah, and just you just feed the it power to amps. the right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Actually, when we were at the show, some uh, one of these dudes yeah, we, we were talking to you had just picked one of those up for what? It was like thirty eight bucks something or something. Like that, yeah. Something ridiculous, and those are expensive. And they're built like tanks. Those are the the diamond plate uh, steel. Oof. Yeah, he 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 said that's why. You I mean, get who doesn't early. love diamond plating? I know. I do. Jeez. I don't know what I, if I like. Okay, here's quick oh. quick quick offshoot. Um, uh, aluminum spin uh, brush. Shoot, I can't remember <laughs> what it's called. No, uh, where they do the spin um, circles. Oh you know, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Oh, was that guy? I can't remember what that's called. There's an official name for that. Well, yeah, there is. It's just a. The I way. feel dumb because I actually used to work in a vintage Porsche restoration shop, and like there was a lot of that. Mm-hmm. That kind of. Um, oh, it's aluminum, and they it's like a yeah, brush. They, it's called like a brush it's brushing. Brush it's a drilled circular in. brushing. Right. Anyways, yeah, brush that or diamond plate. Quick diamond circular plate. brush. Circular brush. Yeah, me too. No, mm-hmm. no you're, you're out, wrong. bro. You're totally wrong. Ooh, I said bro. It's talk, um, I thought you did that on purpose. Fear of music, you know, so mm. that album cover. Yeah. So, anyway, circular brush diamond you, plate. Is that, is that pretty much yeah. wrapped up for you? There? Circular brush. You want to talk into the mic? <laughs> is that pretty much wrapped up for you there? Because you kind of sound like this a little bit. <laughs> yeah, I'm done. Okay. Hey, Todd. Yes. What's going on? Well, let me lay it on you. Ooh, um, I'm leaving. Yeah. So, okay. I think I mentioned I mentioned this a couple casts ago, and I even posted something on the Facebook groups um, and elsewhere. Um, I was looking around for a phaser pedal, and uh, I was not happy with the selection I was getting. Phaser pedal, phaser pedals tend to be for the most part, you know, unless you get into the like massive amount of money for a for one effect range it's like there's a knob and you turn it on you dial it up right rate essentially so think mxr phase 90 it's on or off and you just dial the rate uh phase 100 oh there's a couple selections of of intensity but then it's just a rate and a lot of the newer ones especially like the the little micro pedals um, they have like they'll have like a toggle that lets you go from like classic or modern, which basically just means uh, either a phase forty-five or phase ninety or a phase ninety and phase one hundred around those ranges. <laughs> and that is literally it's just the it's just it's the softest, it's the intensity. Um, there's a there's a sharpness to a modern one. It's a little bit more pronounced. Anyways. Uh, the application that I want it for, I don't want to turn the pedal in on and just have it go, wow, wow, wow. Like, I don't want that. Yeah, unless you're feeding a signal through it, actually right. doing something. Yeah. What? 
<laughs> like, oh, like a sensitivity. Like it doesn't do it in. Less yeah, even if, even if you're not playing, it's so. Oh yeah, it's like if you, you just have nothing going on, and just, that's all you hear. You can hear the circuit working, and I want something a little bit more subtle. And like I said, I didn't want to drop a whole bunch of cash. I'm like just using it for one song. I'm like, I don't need a three hundred dollar pedal to give me a modified phase uh, sound, you know, just for one song. That's ridiculous. So I found one that I think was going to do the job and it was by, it's a company uh, called access and I got the pedal and you know, they're, they're modeling. It's basically the same orange as MXR. Um, but when I got it, I plugged it in and it didn't work at all. Hmm. So we took it apart and we're like, what's going on with this thing? And the soldering was all super shoddy and, and it looked like it had been tampered with. And it was brand new. It seemingly it was brand new. Mm. So I got that on, on reverb and I was having a conversation with the guy who ran the store, uh, Mike Risco, uh, store on reverb. And he, he was actually really responsive like to the messages he was actually at a gig and he responded to my message I'm like wow that's <laughs> that's service man that's great so i said hey look here's the deal got the pedal very excited about it looks cool makes good good clicky sound um <laughs> but it doesn't work <laughs> Oh, and so he said, he said, you, no problem. It Send in? it back to me. <laughs> so he sent it back. We got he forgot all to put a battery up. in it. He um, hooked me up with a brand new one. Um, and I just got it today. I hope this works. But regardless if it works or not, I know he didn't build a pedal. He assured me that, you know, he's going to, he, he, this will work. Um, Jeff and so around, man. he got it. he got in touch with the uh, with the actual uh, distributor uh, Gian Giannini Giannini guitars and um, so I'm excited to plug it's it in cool. and see what what's going on. It has a rate and an intensity, which um, I think you know if I can modify those two, that'll give me somewhat of you know a blend. I guess um, I'm thinking i might actually mod it and try to put a blend knob on it um because that would be supreme then i could i like the idea of having that effect just kind of always in the background keep keeping the signal kind of kind of live and you know almost like a univibe but not you know like just plain old univibe we're all gonna Excuse click me. that aren't we you have to yes. you have to click it demands yeah. clicking so anyways uh yeah mike MikeRiscoMusicSchool.com. He's got a store on Reverb, and I was just I was impressed with the service. He he, you know, it's not something you want to get back from a customer that's like, hey, this thing that, that I bought from you doesn't work at all. So now what? You know, so, and he could have just refunded my money and said, well, there you go. But we got we got all squared. Uh, <laughs> we got all squared away, and um, I was I was grateful for that. Do so it. how did you come up Do with this pedal? Time. Do one more time. I came up with that pedal. Kill Give me, me the pedal. <laughs> I got. I came up with this one based on a search for uh, uh, on reverb. I just said, "Show me phasers used and new, low price to high price." With a and some type I of got, mix knob. As soon on as it. I started to get to, hey, there's more than just a rate knob. 
Right. And then it got into the switchers, and I almost went with a um, uh, a, a small stone. I think a small stone. Um, I almost went with one of no a bad stone. I almost went with a bad stone because the small stone is essentially what I was just telling you about. It just has a modern and a, and a vintage or a vintage or a classic. You should have gotten um, that adjust one. Me, adjustment. Um, Big Joe. The Big Joe. No, there's but a mix. It's got a mix. Right. Yeah. Don't you, you know? want that? I just didn't want to drop 120 bucks uh, on it. Like I got this for I think 45 bucks. Yeah. And um, you know, I think that there's always a case to be like, hey, you're gonna get what you pay for. But I don't need it for a whole lot. I just needed to go. Now the the dumb thing is I didn't get it in time for my show because they were still trying to work it out. And that's okay. You know, he, I'm one guy that he's dealing with. Um, and so I, I borrowed uh, my bandmates. He, he bought an MXR 100, a vintage one. And uh, I said, hey, let me borrow the pedal. <laughs> he wasn't really thrilled about that, but he gave it to me anyways right before the show. Never used it, never plugged it in. And the, the weird thing is the uh, intensity knob on the MXR 100 is basically a bunch of little icons strange mm-hmm. icons that I don't know what they mean and he's like okay. put it on that setting I'm like all right plugged it in and it's just like full on signal right so I'm live and I'm leading out the song I'm starting the song just guitar only and it is Phase-tastic, dude. Phase-tastic. <laughs> and I was like, oh, no. This sounds... This Too phase it, it was way over the top phase. And I was like, this is why I need a freaking mix or a blend knob on a phaser. So, anyways, going to see what happens with this. Hopefully this works. I'm sure it will. And um, I'm good service. So, anyways, there you go. So I have yes. a question. Oh, wait, I got something else too. All right. But on. hit me with your question. No, it's... Well, I'm just wondering, as I'm looking through these pedals... Yeah. Is there, like, unwritten... I, I know there are always exceptions, but is there, like, this unwritten rule that phase pedals are orange, Well, uh, overdrives are yellow or green? Like They... Typically, those are coming from, like, known classics. So the phase series from mxr is all orange right the, the 45 the 90 and the and the and the 100 so knowing that that is sort of like that is the go-to pedal the way that you're going to compete with that is by mimicking it being okay right now dod um or dod if you're international um they have they do blue and there's it's just it's just kind of odd. It's like, well, okay, I can do that one, and that one's just got, it's the same thing. It's got one knob, but if you're gonna spend the money, you're gonna be like, yeah, but I want the orange one, man. Yeah. <laughs> if that's what you're you know inclined to be looking for, so that was where I was. And I actually really wanted a micro size pedal because I I have a I got a smaller board and and uh, so I certainly didn't want to buy a. 100 and mxr 100 because that's it's huge um the other thing is at some point in time i'm going to get my stinky bass back which begs the question i think you actually like the stinky bass because it's been like three weeks <laughs> and i think you're just making fun of my stinky bass i think he's been airing it out it. for three weeks oh well, yeah 
I'm not getting close to that thing until it stops smelling. <laughs> you then you give me my stinky base back, <laughs> you dirty bastard. That's his name now, right? His That's wife. Well, yeah, I, po- I posted here. the Instagram thing and it said stinky. So, yeah. So, with that, and shout-outs to stinky base. Seriously, bring it in, man. So, <laughs> we, right. can, uh, either so we can smell I, it. I can use it again or <laughs> J- Jay, if you still want it. it. Jay I, wants to try it out. I don't know if I want that in my <laughs> right, house. No. Fine. <laughs> but that that's going to actually lead into another uh, episode, which we're going to talk about uh, electronic swapping. Um, but let's get into our topic of the week. We're calling Pawn Prowl. Pawn Prowl. Pawn Prowl. So we have a couple of decent pawn shops right by our place of recording and uh so we did a nice lunch out at mikey's late night slice good stuff yeah it wants to be inside you yeah that's the, that's their slogan oh, i know i'm just saying <laughs> yeah i get it i did yeah. i put it in there <laughs> no i'm just saying <laughs> um sometime it wants to come out too yeah well anyways so we did that and then we took a walk over to the pawn shops and what we did was we said hey selves we have fictitiously given ourselves $500 to spend in said pawn shops. So the hunt was on, and we said, let's see what we can find that we would actually spend 500 on. All right? 500 became a very loose measure. You know, It was more like, well, what can we actually find, and what's interesting? Yeah, because a lot of the things did so not actually money's, have price, money's not, not price tags just, on them. Right. What was cool? What did we like? What they were we overpriced. Find? What would we take home? <laughs> What would we bring to this said recording? So, we all got one, right? Yes. Yes. Yep. I was actually really excited about what I got. But let's start with Aaron. This. <laughs> a phone? Oh, you, you, you have the knack for radio, don't you? So, <laughs> so it's an Ibanez, I believe... So Ibanez, do they do the art core? Is that art? Yeah. 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 That's an art core. Yep. Yeah. It's this nice uh, two-tone it's not burst. A wild, that's, that's, that's basically the, the competitor to the Wildcat, right? Uh, yeah. They are related as a... I yeah. the art core was maybe bigger body. No. Well, they've got... The art core was a line, <clears throat> and they oh, had a, oh, I, a couple different... Yeah. <laughs> what website was what that? that? I went to art core, and it was like... Yeah, skip Wrong that website. Anyway, that's awesome. Okay, so you found. Tell us about. Tell us about what you found. Well, you know, it's like you like the the hollow body guitars. I'm, don't I you? like a hollow body guitar. Yes. So I've always kind of been in interested in in procuring one for myself. I should say, but I, I, I I like a semi hollow body probably more than a regular than a full hollow no, body. That's, but that's fair. This is you probably whole also whole like Fender Thin Lines, but hey, no. To eat. <laughs> Uh-uh. To each their Do own. not like a thin line. Sorry. Um, so, yeah, you know, it's like the Wildcat, I've always thought that was a pretty cool guitar. So I'm talking cheap guitars, cheap semi-hollows or hollow bodies. Um, so, yeah, I found... Well, I mean, it's, what, 400 bucks? It's cheaper. Uh, yeah. You know, it's, it's no it's like pricey. Gibson Les Paul price range, but um, I want to I have one. Okay. So tell us about it. I don't know much about them. Well, tell us about the one you found. Okay. It's, Help me out it, here. It looks like that. 
Eh. We'll put a picture up. What color well, is yeah, it? Yeah, but this, describe like, it. Talk about it. Well, I already said it. it's a it's a burst. <laughs> what? what color burst? Is this is the first time you've done this? Black burst? This burst. So... <laughs> <laughs> Like an orange sunburst. Yeah. What kind of neck inlay is that? So, so neck inlay, pearl, mm-hmm. pearl inlay, square, pearl oil, squares, pearl square inlays on a rosewood <clears throat> fretboard. Mm-hmm. But I, honestly, it's it's a it's a pretty striking guitar. And and um, this is a, it's a cutaway, right? It is. I'm going to help you along here, son. Cutaway. So what I like Single about it, it's cutaway. got it's got the F single holes. cutaway. What I like about the art core is they have the two F holes, one on each side, of course. That'd be cool if they were like two in a row. Mm, no. <laughs> so anyways, actually, then there's a black pickcard on it that actually covers up the uh, the one F hole, which I think is a pretty cool touch. So, I mean, it's it's almost like some of the, the Gretches and stuff like that. What? I'm waving at the Mr. of Information. He's got a not... Uh, not core up there i mean it is an art core it's but an he's looking core. at the series so anyways yeah. let's see this thing give me the give me the phone here we yeah took pictures of it i'm gonna have to so it's got a uh trapeze bridge sorry trapeze tailpiece mm-hmm. um it looks like it's got a um that's nice yeah so it's like a tunematic bridge yeah. but it's on um but it's, it's mounted on a wood piece, so technically kind of like a arch top where it's got that movable, um, the movable actual bridge, which can be kind of tricky sometimes. You got two humbuckers, um, mm. and and you sure this was a? Yeah, it's an Ibanez. Yeah. <laughs> sure just, I was just double <laughs> checking because I was just looking at the bottom. You never of know it. what you it's might. Got, it has a very ornate um tail piece uh looks very art deco like jazz style yeah, like i could see i could see somebody playing this from like the sweet and low down movie you know um and it's what like maybe about three inches thick something uh, like that no I, that one seemed a lot thicker than i was expecting i want to say probably around four or five yeah yeah wouldn't you i would I would. I get it. At least. Um, yeah, rectangle inlay, inlay not trap, trapezoid. Oh, uh, I'm sorry. Because um, I was way across the table. We've got see. binding on the neck all the way up the headstock. Yeah. There you go, Jay. That's kind of like it. Yeah. Okay, it's the AG75. Yeah, there it Holy is. Holy mackerel. That was, that, that was a taxing exercise right there, I'm sure, for all the listeners as well. Um uh, click on the actual link so we... No, man. <laughs> he keeps going back to a pinup. All right. So which one? That one. Go, to, yeah. go to the... No, go to the visit page, the All link. Right. All right. This is fun. This is Jeez. out of control. You're a backseat driver, man. I'm not a backseat driver. This is the internet. We should know how to do this. All right. There's another picture of it. There's, <laughs> there's a great picture of it. All right. So anyways, that's a model. Um, that was one of the nicer ones... Uh, that I, I saw that one. I actually thought I saw that, that you might pick too. that one up too. There was another really huge black uh, full size hollow body that I thought you might. I saw that one too. In. I think it was a Sebring or something like that. Yeah, it was weird. Yeah, kind of weird brand. But yeah, yeah, the whole experience in those pawn shops, I was a little, I was disappointed actually. You felt dirty. 
Well, yeah, yeah it definitely, definitely felt feel dirty. Dirty. Mm. Uh, it. I think the interesting one of the interesting things about it is that you know it's just like anything. It's like I think the last time we went there, they had quite a few guitars that I would have said were definitely quality uh the ones that you might even find in in like chicago music exchange or or um some of the nicer ones in reverb they had a couple um harder to find um gibsons that they, i think they, they had a marauder they had a um a late model uh melody maker and um uh trying to think of what else but anyways they, they were they had some cool stuff um yeah, I found I, some of the, the Japanese-looking guitars that they had hanging up way up high on the wall. Mm-hmm. Did you guys notice those? Oh, yeah. I like that. The yeah, I like the Tysco and I picked one up that was on the floor. It's, it just felt so cheap. <laughs> yeah. I, I know. I know. They, the appeal the, of the aesthetic is interesting. Yeah. Uh, big piece of plexiglass. Yeah. They had a crazy Sometimes. double neck one too. That was that was really wild. Yeah, that double neck with one bass. It was it was the tiniest scale bass yeah. I've ever seen. It would have been perfect for to Jeff. match with the tiny mm-hmm. scale Japanese guitar. It was really bizarre. Yeah. Um, Jeff. All right. So uh, remember a long time ago when you I talked about my first guitar, that Harmony. It's an actual uh, Harmony guitar. Yeah. That they had a price tag of two hundred and sixty-five dollars. Holy on, moly! That and I it, it looks exactly like a like a now Tysco. Now I bought mine for like eighty bucks, brand new, back in whenever it was 82. But do you know what model that was? No, but I'm not. That's not the one I picked. Oh, so you just found it? That I was a, that was a decent. I didn't find. think the price was fair on that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not really. All right. So but I have heard with? that they those those guitars have like harmonies uh, crazy ten, prices. Yeah, they, those, for, uh, it don't weighed like what two pounds? I think. I that's what it. you said, but it was heavier. It was heavier. Okay, fine. <laughs> it was a little heavier. But what I picked was, and I'm not even sure what this thing is. It says Fender on the headstock, but I feel like it's a uh, a mix of something else because. It is a almost a, uh, a not it's not a painted but a dyed body, huh. which I've I don't think I've ever seen a Fender like this one before over like a a basswood or something like that. Oh geez, that's awful. Yeah, but it caught my eye as something different from <laughs> what you would expect from a Fender. Oh geez, that's awful. Yeah, but it caught my eye. Yeah, that, because that of its horror, pretty much. The horribleness. Of it. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, that was pretty obvious to the listeners that there's yeah, there's going to be no love for anything I pick. But anyways, that's it was. Uh, it has. That's really what kind weird. of pickups are those since you're looking at the picture. Well, it says a Squire Fender Stratocaster, but it, um, yeah, that's that's bizarre. So it feels like the body is an aftermarket almost, and someone put this thing together. Yeah, they're uh, Duncan, but the headstock is painted or dyed the same. They're color. Duncan Distortion mm. pickups in it, and it's all chrome hardware, uh, modern bridge, modern trim bridge. Um. Yeah, that's weird, man. 
and it's even weirder because it has a painted headstock that doesn't that kind of matches the paint that's why i think it's a hand done deal maybe yeah i don't know i think it's a hand done deal too there's another word for that i'm sure hand done deal um and how much did they want for that uh there's again no price on it so Hmm. picked all the priceless ones it's crazy because it's actually got a really cool headstock um yeah that definitely is a franken frankencaster for sure it looked actually it was probably on consignment so there was like someone's name on it and then it, it was not priced yeah it's got like a cbs uh a cbs uh size headstock on it yeah it's that's, weird that's really weird so that was your pick now you picked that because why it's weird it's just weird <laughs> and it i was super weird so, though. i mean that's a pretty well i've always normal, wanted a stratocaster to add to the list of guitars i know you hate them yeah but, so I was, I was kind of like digging through the strats there, seeing if there's anything. That's not very stratty. What? Just meaning, so like all the electronics are actually built into the body on a strat. Oh, yeah. Electronics yeah. are built into the pick guard. Yeah, which I hate pick guards. So yeah. that's why this appealed to me as well. Yeah. You're not a pick guard. I don't guard, like dude. the pick guards. So. Um, <laughs> okay, cool. Uh, Jay, what'd you get? So this one's going to drive you crazy. Uh, me, yeah. personally, yeah. or yeah. everyone who's listening to this? No, no just you. Is that the just ovation me. that you found? No, there was a silver tone bass in there, uh, a Dan Electro. Oh, now, gosh. I, now, yeah. now, I don't know. I It's been a long time since I've done, done a lot of looking at Dan Electros and, and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that they used to build them for silver tone. I can't remember all the, 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 the deal there. Um, but this one was a, according to the pawn shop, it's a U2, yeah, Silvertone, Dan Electro U2 Silvertone. Some brief looking up, looking up the the body shape looks like it's a 56. It, it looks like it's modeled after the 56 anyway. This they said it's a 50s or 60s, and they wanted 995 dollars for no. it. Pretty That's mental. Pretty expensive. That's more than I. That doesn't fit in the $500 range. But but let me say this. Well, the, we kind of ditched that straight right, away. Right, but <laughs> but let me say this. The reason the reason I kind of was interested in this one mm-hmm. more than the the guitar that had all the hotel keys like <laughs> uh cut into it. The, yeah, that was another cool. guitar. That was, that was weird. Yeah. The reason I kind of like this is because a long time ago when some of my stuff got stolen, I didn't have a a bass and this guy Ben Lamb, who lives in town, who plays for um, Lydia Lovelace, um, they're on Bloodshot Records, and he's a he's a really great dude. I I asked him, I was like, can I I need a loner bass, and he was super busy. He's like, well, I got this Dan Electro Longhorn, and I was like, and I needed it for a second bass, right? I I'd, I'd come up with a an electric bass to, but I needed something as a backup in case, you know. When you're really far away, you don't want to just have one bass, right? And so he loaned me his Dan Electro Longhorn um, as just a backup. And I started playing around with it because this was for a, um, a bluegrass and country gig. And for that sound, it was pretty... I, I dug how it sounded. It kind of cut through and those little lipstick pickups or whatever. I liked it. I didn't think I would like it. And, and I kind of liked it for country songs and whatnot. So that being said, that's the reason I'm kind of interested in this. Now, if if you could only have one bass, and this would not be the one, you know, this is this is a special. This is which for like, model did you get? The 
the one that I saw at the pawn shop yeah. you mean, today. It was the U2. U2. Silvertone. I see. There's okay. some reissues of that, it looks like, too. But uh, to look for it. It's, it only had the single pickup. Right. Not, not the two pickups. So There's not a lot of single pickup uh, bases uh, or images of bass. And it also had kind of a telly headstock, a telly-esque headstock. Yeah, it's like pointed. It, was kind of, it looked a lot like this one. Well, it's offset. So it's like most of the Dan Electros are, have that, um, you yes. know, two and two. Kind of looks like this one. Yeah. The little tiny, teeny tiny uh, machine head, you know. Uh, Man, there's just the, 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 the proportions and dimensions of Dan Electros. Honestly, it makes my skin kind of crawl. <laughs> like, it, I, I can't get, I can't. Yeah, here it is. But it's black. This one was black, not. Yeah. And it had no, uh, no pick guard or anything. Uh, yeah. So how did it play comparatively to what you normally play? The well, the one I, the so Longhorn you, that I played, yeah. which is not, it's the crazy, uh, where is it here? It's, it's the one that uh, Tom Petty played in Traveling Blueberries. Oh, that's the one you. This is played. the one that I I borrowed, which is even worse looking. <laughs> yeah. Even it, Tom Petty I can't could, make that look. It, cool. it was light. It was super <clears throat> yeah. light. Oh. And it was. I uh, can get behind the other one. one. This yeah. one I can't get behind. <laughs> Unless it's short scale bass, but, but I, I'm guessing they sound. They had some similarity in tone. That's why I'm. <laughs> I Todd, do like, Todd is like having oh. a. He's like. <laughs> dry he's having visible. <laughs> he's visibly no, anxious. <laughs> yeah, that one's. Uh, that one's. Interesting. <laughs> uh, that's like a new metal one because it's all like single color black. Where most of the Longhorns have that um, have that very subtle burst to it. Uh, it seems. Um, Blue on white burst, and then sort of like a, a brown in the vanilla color, and um, so you still need to so answer the question. So uh, no, 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 what's me on the what's the what was the playability like? You didn't answer the question on. So I didn't get to play the one today because the guy you weren't fine. allowed to touch it because it like cost nine hundred dollars. Dan Electro in general, but it was different. It's it's way different. It's not like a Fender, man. It's super like, light, right? Super light. The the fret. Everything's small and thin, and the sp spacing wasn't like the string spacing was a lot different. Mm. But when you're playing like the the one four five on the country songs, you know it, it was cool. It it, it had a um, it just had a, a brassy kind of cut through on <laughs> it. Yeah, it was different. It was definitely different. But I kind of it was weird. I kind of liked it. Mm. And. Uh, it's hmm. not something you're like trying. I was. What I, about I the actual stylings? I mean, like Dan Electro has a an aesthetic to them. Do you like that aesthetic or not? Well, what, me me withstanding in the room, obviously. Like Longhorn. Scared. I'll be honest. The Longhorn is not the one I would pick. I liked how this one, this U uh, two, looked better than a Longhorn. The Longhorn sounded cool, in my opinion. I would never. I used it only as a backup. You know. Um, this one looks like something I would actually might play though for certain kinds of songs. This this um, hmm. this whatever it is, U two fifty six cutaway or silver tone. It's got like six names on it. I don't know exactly <laughs> yeah. what it is. It's that's, all the above. So anyway, that's that's can, weird. Does it sound? Does this, does it get? Um, I mean, two lipstick pickups. That seems like it's going to be very one-dimensional 
and it sounding. is it was it is. okay it was. so you're getting you're getting a dan electro sound out yep. of that okay <laughs> you may relax now <laughs> uh okay you i but think see, i know that, that shot looks cool that you took there either or whoever took there that I don't know. Look, well, look at that giant screw. It has like one huge screw <laughs> in the bridge, and this one does too. The one, the one from today. So it's only got three. It just looks so precariously seated in there. Yeah. Right. Right. That's, that tailpiece is right. like it's loose. It's like I think loose is the word I like. Well, you know. Yeah, and then there's a wood. I don't. I don't understand. I don't understand that at all. I don't get it. <laughs> But hey, if that floats your boat, then sail on, bro. All right. <laughs> um, okay, that leaves it to me. Me, let me tell you about my things. Um, I stumbled upon a super funky bass that um, and this is turned into the bass show again a little bit. Mm-hmm. Well, we switched a little bit. You picked a you picked a bass. I picked a bass. No, you picked no. A, I, picked I picked a, a bass. Um, so I, I found this really wild-looking bass, and uh, I couldn't even see the body because it was hidden behind the counter, but the headstock was pretty cool, and I could tell it was 70s. Um, it is a, an, an Electra. I have the actual name here. Hang on one second. I have... It, it is an Electra X620, quote, outlaw, quote, base um from 77 so it looks very like whistle-esque except without the as many points all over it you know and uh the headstock like if you just look at the at the neck and the headstock it's screaming it was with the inlay with the uh intricate inlays it has um hourglass shaped uh abalone inlays and that's like legit abalone. It's yeah. not fake abalone. Abalone. And it's got uh let's see the the headstock is is uh you know two and two. Mm-hmm. Um the I neck like those felt keys. really great. And huge it, tuning keys. Yeah, I like, like those like big fender style. And it was neck keys. through, right? It was a neck through, yeah. It was cool. It's pretty, it was it's a, the coolest thing. Solid mahogany. Um it had a great burst on it, so it's like a uh a black into like a, a like a honey brown, um, almost like a reddish. No, it's mahogany brown. Yeah, um, it had a big chunky black pick guard and a bunch of knobs. And I think that was the thing that like when we picked up, we're like, "There's a lot of knobs on this thing. This is cool. You love knobs, yeah." Ah. So, ah, what was that? I don't know. We- Google is killing us right now. I'm God glad I sake. missed it. That was awful. That was some kind of medical shenanigans. That was, bleh. anyways. So go back to the bass here. It has um, tone control. So like a lot of the uh, uh, Gibsons around that era were, were you know, playing around with, with um, actual knobs that let you switch tone on command um, instead of dealing with tone knobs. And um, so it had a five, I believe it's a five position uh, tone selector going from real fat and warm to really thin. And that is up on the top horn. And I, I will say that the actual body style is it's a double cutaway 
with long <laughs> trying to explain this you can't it's it's long uh horns straight horns i guess on kind of a the second half is like a, explorer like it, almost it's it's almost explorer except it's not offset i yeah so it's, so it's almost it symmetrical out, if you if you take <clears throat> if you took an hourglass if you took an hourglass kind of shape um it it kind it kind of mimics that um, it has uh, a P bass uh, arrangement on the bass pickups, as well as what seems to be a humbucker, which was I, I that was pretty unique in the neck or in the neck position. In the neck position, yeah. Um, and then it's got four. It's got four actual like speed knobs. It has two on off knobs uh, levers they're not even knobs and they were, and it was cool the, the the they were actually made of wood and they're like they're yeah. super old so they had that really old oxidized oily wood and it was either on or it was off and we're like what does this do um and then the bridge was this like behemoth like an, almost like an old pv like t-series like just massive massive um bridge tailpiece combo that was uh very proprietary looking. Um, I mean, that was, it's wicked cool. And maybe a mute. I yeah, there's tell. there's yeah. some sort of mute going on. And I, we were trying to figure out if that, so it was like a, it was like a, um, a fabric mute. That's, like is a, that what's in between the, the strings there on the front? Yeah. yeah uh, below the string. So the, so it's resting on like a, a some sort of a fabric-ish kind of, huh. kind of like, mute. Like you can lower those before. Oh, that's kind of cool. Yeah. So, and that was, um, that was before the, the intonation blocks, um, which are, uh, wedges, these huge wedges. It was just, it was honestly one of the most unique bases I've ever seen. Um, so picking it up, I thought this thing was going to weigh a ton. It actually didn't, it didn't weigh as much as I thought it was going to weigh. Um, and then we're, we looked at the back, and the back has this huge electronics plate with this little swivel clip so you can access it really easy, which I think is ludicrous because that is not something that should be accessed a lot. <laughs> what lies underneath there is a phase shifter and a power overdrive, which acts like a preamp. Um, so these are self-contained... Um, chips these these big giant chips and a battery um it's with like atari with cartridges hinges and all kinds of i mean this is <laughs> yeah, this swap out the game really cartridge. wild so I, I we came back and i and i looked up um you know he said oh this thing doesn't work because the electronics will like yeah it's a 1977 base and, and still this wanted like 800 bucks super for it. It complex for this um i found one on on youtube and the guy was playing it and that's when I found out what those electronics did. And he goes, oh, it is that onboard phase shifter. And I was like, wait a minute. What? Wait. So one of those flick knobs, uh, you, uh, levers, you, you flip up and then it just, you know, wow, wow, wow. Right. And he controlled it with the speed knob. And I was like, that's the sick, irony dude. that you were. I know the irony that I wanted to pedal to that and that bass had it built in. And then the power over the the overdrive or, or preamp. It wasn't like an overdrive, like full on distortion. No, nah, it was just pretty. It's like, it just gave it a little bit of extra hair to it. Um, but man, I love this thing. I totally fell in love with that. Um, it's just I did too, man. You found the coolest thing today. Like it just looks badass. 
and the fact that it's pretty rare. I've never seen one. Neither. And that was pretty hard to find uh, because the model number's on it. It just says, if you find a headstock out there in podcast land, uh, if, if you see the headstock on this, we'll post some pictures up. But the headstock only says the, the brand, which is Electra, and then the trust rod cover just says MPC for whatever. I don't know what that means. Um, anyways. So what do these things go for? Like working So on working reverb, condition. I'm assuming it's working condition. They've got one on reverb right now for, um, I think, $4.99. Um, let me double check, but I th I'm pretty sure. And, and it's on reverb, it's called the Electra MPC bass. So that's somebody who said, I don't know, it's an MPC. It says MPC on it. Japanese, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and super cool. I want that now. I don't want it for as much as that guy was asking. That guy's out of his mind at that pawn shop. Oh, yeah. <laughs> kind of looks like a Yamaha logo. A little bit. A little bit. Yeah, it's like a peace sign. Upside down. An upside down peace sign. Yeah, it's kind of weird. But, man, it's really, really cool. Really cool. Um, and the MPC, uh, lo the MPC logo is in, like, Mopar lettering. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it was dark. It, was, it has age. It's seen some things. Yeah. It's done some things. It's seen some things. And, uh, yeah, I want that now. Doggone it. I went in there not expecting to find something I was going to really love, and I love that thing. Anyways, I like stinky basses, I guess. Mm, hey. Oh, wow. That was exciting. Um, all right. Let's wrap it up with our top four. This is, a, this is a tough one. This is a real tough one. It is tough. It's mm -hmm. super tough. Um, so the top four is who do you want? A single bass lesson. For, or sorry, sorry. <laughs> we're talking about bass on the bass podcast. Who do you want a single lesson from? Anybody in history? Single lesson. One, one single lesson from any player in history. Who is it? And Jay, go. Well, you know what I'm going to say because... Getty Lee. No. Watching, watching uh, YouTube today. Tina Weymouth. Todd, no. <laughs> Keep going, though. Um, Todd and I were sharing just links back and forth, and one of the links that came after a link we were we were looking at was Paul McCartney, like, teaching you how to play bass. And it was like, and, it, you know, he was isolating tracks. I'm like, why, why is he, do first of all, I was like, why is he doing this? Because it was, it was looked kind of like uh, some of the ones you see on YouTube, like, le real yeah, It was like an like, old DVD series or something. Yeah, and I'm like, why is he... He was showing how to play. Uh, what was it? He was, was acting like you were like your, your pal something. next door. It was kind of yeah. great. He was totally casual, and he was totally talking about it, and really getting technical, and really getting nerding out on it a little bit. He was calling out the, the chord structures and what you know, and just to, it was just cool to hear him play. And then so then I started, I went on a like YouTube link. You know, wormhole yeah where there are all these people that had isolated his tracks and so I'm like man he's the Mac you know he's the governor with it and so I'm just like listening to all his isolated tracks and I never really had done that before and just hearing how cool and how casual they were they were just kind of bouncy and, and super like relaxed like totally relaxed yeah and then I was like oh, yeah well, just even watching him play you're like it doesn't how it just it looks like he's hardly playing the thing yeah and he was doing it on his old Hofner yep 
his so. baby. I think he called it my little baby. <laughs> he didn't say it like that. You have to do the, you do the is, Liverpool. Is you do, do the Liverpool. <laughs> the little baby. No, you do the Liverpool. It's, it's my little baby. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't think Bricktop was in that. (laughs) Anyways, okay. Hit it. Aaron. Aaron. It's taken me. A.K.A. Dingus. Whoa. (laughs) I just walk out. I walk out. That was from the picture. Hit stop and walk out. Um, (laughs) I don't think you're a dingus. I think you're great. (laughs) It's taken me 16 episodes to talk about these guys. 16 um, episodes. Yeah, has it been hard for you, like hard to get out, or you've been no, struggling with it? I, I'm surprised. I oh, it hasn't come up sooner. Yeah, oh. so I would. Can I get a group lesson? Uh, no, from uh, the same. What? From the same band? No, not band. Man, a lesson from a person. Can you start with the man and then expand to the band as a topic? I think it should. Okay. Ignore Todd. Say what you want. All right. So <laughs> anyways, there's this band that I love um, that not many people are familiar with, but they're called Protest the Hero. And the, their guitars, uh, that's incredible. Both of those guys are incredible, and especially how they layer on top of each other. Shut up. <laughs> but. But. That's not. Is there a but? No, oh, there's no but. No. Oh, so okay. I mean, I would want to get a lesson from one of those, either one of those guys, because they're they're both really good. But um, um, Luke Luke Hoskins um is the lead guy in that, and I would love to get all guitars, guitars and bass. What are, what are you going for here? Guitars, so guitar lessons, just guitar. That bass okay. player is phenomenal, though. Yeah, I watched a video of him and just the drummer. What are they calling him? Pro- <sighs> protest the hero. Actually, that wasn't the protest drummer. Uh, well, yeah, it wasn't but the drummer, it was, like, it was the yeah, bass player. Though. Cam Cam was playing with some dude. It was phenomenal. That bass player was phenomenal. Yeah, he's like, he's really good. There's so much that I have to look at that. Just that style of music, like so much of the bass is hidden, just in the onslaught of sound. You don't realize all this all this stuff he's doing. Oh, it's it's it's, it's crazy. It's, that's a very broy kind of scene, isn't it? A lot of beards and a lot of. A little bit. These guys are interesting in that they they play uh, metal, more of the uh, prog metal, uh-huh. but they sort of landed there, or they came they came through the punk rock, okay, path to metal, which is <clears throat> kind of interesting. You don't hear it a lot, so what? Minister of Information is making me seasick with his select. Yeah, so I mean. I mean, cool. honestly, okay. I, I like punk and I like metal. So, but yeah, I mean, just some of the techniques I would love to learn. Is there anything specific like that you're like, hey, man, um, show me like, show me how you do your run. Show me how you put together. Bleh. Well, I, I think a lot of it would, the conversation would start with a little bit of theory on why he does he certain runs the way he does. I mean, Technique Again, this wise, is for guitar, right? Yeah. Okay. Technique wise, I would. Uh, he he'll go from like picking all of a sudden and then tapping like it's just freaking effortless. Okay. So it's like how he kind of goes between those two techniques would be awesome to learn. That's cool. You should call him up and get him on the show. You should make it happen. I don't know. Make it so. 
So after watching that the bass player in that video, yeah. I went and did a little more research on on that guy, and he was the the producer. Cam, yeah, Cam came in as, and he's like, "Hey, you should just start playing for us." Bro. Well, their their bassist quit, and Cam was had been producing the last couple of records, and then just filled filled the void when their bass player left. Yeah, he's the only one good enough to play in that kind of vein. Huh. Okay, I'm boring Todd. Todd's no, you're not. Bored. I'm, I'm actually really intrigued here. I want to go listen to them. I've never heard them. Your lesson? Oh, yeah. Lesson. My lesson. No, not my lesson. Jeff's lesson. Why yep. is it my lesson? Because it's yours. It's fine. No, you always have to go last. No, yeah, I understand. Yep, pretty much. I understand. <laughs> uh, so, Guthrie Govin. I'm sorry, Steve Vai? No, no, no. Oh, okay. Very similar. They're kind of the same guy, but no. not the same. No. Similar. Very similar. Um, he has a... <laughs> there it is you again. You got to put that back there up. There it is again. Uh, there he is holding the, the clef. Oh, man, that's fantastic. Um, All right, got he, has, he has a ton of videos. You can actually go and he'll teach you how to play guitar. So I watched all of his technique videos. And... I've talked about this guy, maybe not on this show, but yep, aristocrats. Yeah, you, yeah. And uh, he, uh, I watched one video that was just one that just kind of showed me his mind. He's a little got bit. every one of your favorite guitars too. Every one, Chevelle. No pickguard, exotic wood. Yeah, Chevelle. Chevelle. Signature Chevelle model. Charvel. Charvel. Not Chevelle. And a car. And a car. Wasn't but, Chevelle just like the? The, the spinoff brand of Jackson Charvel. back in the... Charvel. Charvel. Was it Charvel? Yeah. Oh, okay. Is this dude it's, British? I think it started the other way, didn't it? Uh, I don't remember now. They were two separate, came together, mm. had a baby. And yeah. Okay. Anyways, moving on. So it, one of his videos, now, it was, hey, I will teach you how to play guitar. And he didn't pick up the guitar once and show you anything. And he just talked philosophy about what you should be thinking That's when cool. you play and what you should be trying to accomplish and getting sounds out of your head and all this kind of stuff. And Man, it was that's like, meta. Like, yeah, that's what it's about. And he's got, you know, this great deep British accent and very... That's very you. Scholarly well. talking. So it's just great to listen to You're him. You're a bit talk. of a space cat, so... I don't know what that means. It's cool. Space it's good. Okay. It's like, you know... I guess. Space cat. Yeah, you just that's have my a little nickname. bit of a different wavelength. A lot of times, which is cool. Okay. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Whatever that means. Interesting. So. Yeah, we are, we've for, got to watch them when they come to town again. You got to let us know. I, I will. Okay. All right. I'm going to wrap this up. Please. I'm going to go. I am. I'm minus. Mine is. Uh, Steve from, <laughs> Yes. <laughs> no. You probably need that. <laughs> <laughs> These guys are always messing with me. Um, no, I Buzz man, noise. this one was really, really difficult because there's I loads and loads of influences, and I, I'm easily like entertained and just like I, I want to learn so much from so many different people. Right. And uh, I I was I was going down a specific route, and then I said no, 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 back it up, and I'm going with. Uh, I'm going with the governor's pal, George Harrison. Interesting. Uh, which isn't, I, you know, I'm not, I don't play a lot of beatle kind of stuff, right? That's a great but adjective. 
Yeah, Beatley. 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 Um, but I really, I'm a, I'm a huge fan of Tom Petty, and, and obviously the Beatles. I mean, like you, I don't know who isn't. If there, I'm sure there's some people out there, but I'm one of them. Um, are you? Okay, mm-hmm. that's cool. I'm with you. Um, so <laughs> I was listening to, I was listening to an interview with uh, Tom Sorry, Petty, Jay. and he was, yeah, he right. befriended Harrison. Um, even before the, the traveling Wilburys had happened and, um, and he was just always in awe of, of George. And I guess that made him kind of uncomfortable. Um, and it was, it was cool because he said, you know, the one thing that George had over so many people that he'd play with is like, George knows every single chord. And I thought, wow, this is coming from a guy who has an extremely prolific career, um, largely playing rhythms, you know. And and I was like, and he's like that guy. And we all know, I mean, it, it, widely recognized. I mean, Harrison's obviously like a really great guitar player. And what I liked about if if I could get a lesson from him, it would be finding out all of the not obvious, like. What are what are those what are those things that you're bridging known chords with? How, what what are the, what is the little glue that you're putting in between when some person would say I'm going to go this chord this chord this chord and he would say Well, I would actually go you know and do go to the left or, you know just just do a little something different or yeah. not something in between like yeah what was the magic that he that he was able to infuse into things that it made songs so much more interesting than I guess the obvious path of like, it would be these chords. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and he also, I mean, he's like comes across as one of the nicest fellows on the, you know, ever. So are you talking like passing chords? Like, okay, I get, I have a point A and a point B. I'm trying to get from this chord to that chord. What's some interesting things I can do in exactly. between? Yeah, mostly. Or or taking something where um, it's not an. I think the the obvious um, the obvious chord structure for a particular song that would go with this melody. Um, what I found really interesting with a lot of the Beatles stuff is that it isn't the obvious stuff. If you pull all their tracks apart, it none of, it doesn't necessarily sound like the song. You know they they're they're they do a great job of layering different bits together, um, and I really like that. So it's not just like this is how the melody goes, right? You know. Anyway, so that would be that would be my pick. I I thought about doing it's a Keith. good one. I thought about Keith, but I, the problem is that he would probably meander everywhere, and I wouldn't actually come away with anything. <laughs> you guys would just skip it and go to a pub. And yeah, like, exactly. I mean, it'd be great. It would be amazing. Don't get me wrong. But I probably wouldn't actually. Very nice. I don't know. Okay. Cool. That's an interesting... Yeah. I can get behind it. Good. Yep. You should get in front of it. Yeah, I don't like that. I don't know what that means. I don't know either. Oh, that's it for these knobs. Please join us on facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash guitar knobs and tell us what you think and share your stories and guitar stuff along with ours. You can also find us at twitter.com forward slash guitar underscore knobs and also at our website at guitarknobs.podbean.com.